0: This is Economy Watch. What you need to know about New Zealand's economic life today. Brought to you by interest.co.nz Kia ora and welcome to Monday's Economy Watch, where we follow the economic events and trends that affect Aotearoa. I'm David Chaston and this is the International Edition from interest.co.nz and today we lead with news the iconic 2022 inflationary pressures from rising commodity prices seem to be easing and as fast as they rose earlier in the year. But first, in the US it's their Labor Day long weekend holiday, essentially signaling the end of their summer holiday season. Markets will return to regular mode on Wednesday New Zealand time, and volumes traded then will be more regular. Global food prices retreated again in August to their lowest level in seven months, due to a broad-based fall. Cereal prices went down 1.4%, led by a 5.1% drop in international wheat prices on improved production prospects, especially in Canada, the US and Russia. Dairy prices fell 2%, and meat prices fell 1.5% from the prior month. In China, three state banks have been ordered to lend 200 billion yuan to property developers so they complete projects underway, so that buyers off the plan can get their properties. Laudable as it may be, it crystallises the losses involved. Those developers are also going bust, having burned through the cash from the original sale, mainly other earlier bank loans. The new loans to complete the projects guarantee they'll deliver projects at huge losses. The Chinese property development sector is a huge drag and drain on their economy. It is very hard to see how those three state banks will ever get their money back. The losses are to be socialized, it seems. And construction machinery manufacturers in China are seeing orders and profits plunge. In the US, the headline non-farm payrolls data reported a 315,000 rise, pretty much as analysts had anticipated. But it was less than the outsized July gain, although similar to May and June. The jobless rate ticked up to 3.7% on a higher participation rate. This is the seasonally Adjusted data, but the actual data is very similar this month at 309,000 gain, taking the employed labour force to just under 153 million and its highest ever. Average hourly wages rose 5.2% from a year ago. It is hard to imagine a recession when employment and wage growth is strong. The Fed will be emboldened to push ahead against inflation knowing their labour market remains tight despite all the inflationary hurdles. Equity markets retreated on this thought. But American factory orders slipped when they weren't expected to. They fell 1% in July from June but remained 11.6% higher than year-ago levels. But there is evidence supply chain pressures are easing, including for car makers. Ford has been posting strong year-on-year gains on climbing electric car sales and improved deliveries of trucks and SUVs. The company's EV sales increased fourfold from a low base a year ago, whilst sales of internal combustion engine vehicles rose by a quarter. In Canada, Vancouver is reporting that sales of houses are down 45% from year-ago levels in August, and prices are now dropping month-on-month. Toronto's report was a little better. In South Korea, inflation seems to be past its peak – it rose 5.7% year-on-year in August, slowing from a 24-year high of 6.3% in July and below the consensus forecast. Energy and food prices have started declining from elevated levels. The country's annual inflation rate also slowed for the first time since January and marked its slowest pace in three months. And the most dramatic data has been from the EU their producer prices surged 3.7% in July alone to be up 38% in a year. That means it is accelerating at a truly stunning pace. But even amongst that, one country stood out, Ireland, who reported that their producer prices rose 26% in one month to be 48% higher than a year ago. Interesting statistical data collection there. Ignoring the crazy Irish data, Italy was up 6.5% and Germany 5.6% and they led the month-on-month rises by Europe's largest economies, whereas Spain was up only 0% and France 1.6% and they were the most restrained of the remaining large economies. Germany is instituting an excess profits tax on energy suppliers there. That is part of a much wider program of support to deal with the impending winter issues. We should also note that prices for some commodities are sinking. Some back to their July lows, others well below. For example, copper is retreating and heading towards its July low again, but aluminium is now near an 18-month low. Nickel, zinc and lead are back to July lows, but tin is approaching an 18-month low. Iron ore is heading for a year-ago lows. All are weak because markets judge Chinese demand will remain weak. The US Treasury 10-year yield starts today at 3.20% and up one basis point from this time on Saturday. And we haven't updated movements in the U.S. Fed balance sheet recently. Quantitative tightening is well underway, with more than $140 shed shared from their holdings since mid-April. It is likely the pace will pick up a bit on this sell-down, draining liquidity, and on its own, and independent of their policy rate signals, putting pressure on yields. And junk bond yields are rising fast again too, and probably related to the Fed actions. The recent peak was in early July and they fell from there, but over the past week they've surged higher again. Although benchmark rates are rising sharply, these junk bond yields are an- another market to watch as losses build for the holders of the script. And the price of gold will open today at $1,713 an ounce, a little change from this time yesterday, but down $25 in a week. And oil prices start today marginally firmer, just on $87 a barrel in the US, while the International Brent price is now just on $93 a barrel. A week ago, these levels were $93 a barrel and $99 a barrel respectively, so a sharpish 7% fall in a week. And American petrol prices are still slipping. They are currently averaging $1.64 New Zealand a litre nationwide, after having been $1.67 a litre a week ago and $1.79 a month ago. They peaked at New Zealand 2.13 a litre in June, so down a quarter from then and releasing significant inflationary pressures, because they're almost back to February levels. The Kiwi dollar will open today at 61.1 US cents, from a week ago it's virtually unchanged as well. From a month ago, it's down 3.3%. Against the Australian dollar, we're still up at 89.8 Australian cents and up 0.8% in a week. Against the Euro, we're up to 61.4 Euro cents and little change in a week. That all means our trade-weighted index started at 70.7 and up 20 basis points for the week. And the Bitcoin price is now $19,841 and down 0.6% from this time Saturday, but it is 3.5% lower than this time last week. Volatility over the past 24 hours has been low at just on plus or minus 0.9%. You can find links to the articles mentioned today in our show notes, get more news affecting the economy in New Zealand from interest.co.nz. Kia ora, I'm David Chaston. And we'll do this again tomorrow.